Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. UK Tech Weekly podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly podcast, the UK's conspiracy-free Tech Weekly podcast. This week, I'm joined by the editor at Tech World, Charlotte G. Hello. Consumer editor at Tech Advisor, Henry Burrell. Hello. And the editor at Macworld UK, David Price. Bonjour. Today, we're going to be talking about Infowars. We're going to be talking uh, about some new phones. And we're also going to take a trip down memory lane to talk about the Millennium Experience. Mm. Yeah. Let's get on with the show. So, David Price, everyone's favourite Texan barrel-chested supplement (laughs) shilling conspiracy theorist can i say that at this point he's not my favorite (laughs) i think he might be a bad person we're talking about alex jones of course uh, course. the uh, conspiracy theorist in chief at Infowars. he america's most prolific ever conspiracy theorist is that a fact I don't know if it's a fact. Even more I, don't know. I feel it fits with... Um, he wasn't American. He's, he's British. Oh. He was the goalkeeper for Hereford United. He was. He's as British as... As they come. Hereford United. I feel like if you're going to talk about Alex Jones, you shouldn't start with a piece of fake news. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, I thought it was in, in the that. spirit of... <laughs> no, no, he was a goalkeeper for Hereford United. He was, yeah. and then he okay. presented grandstand. And then he he went, used to be normal. And he went mental. <laughs> what are we talking about David Well, Alex Jones was never normal. He was never normal. Was he not? We digress. He, uh, uh, yeah, this is entirely my fault. What was the question? For, for, the question <laughs> was, what has been going... Why is Alex Jones annoyingly back in the headlines, the mainstream headlines? Uh, and I believe well, the answer is that he's been banned from most... Are you now answering your own question? He's been banned by most... <laughs> Such politicians. ...digital platforms. Well, what am I but for then, now? Give us the details. Yeah, so basically, um, it's, it's a good reason he's in the headlines because he's been uh, given the bum's rush... From, <laughs> I'm just going to use loads of up-to-date terminology today. Uh, he's no longer welcome on Facebook or YouTube or Apple's podcast app, uh, to an extent. I mean, I think Facebook have banned like four of his pages, so he potentially can fall back on others. And yeah. Apple too, is that right? And Apple too uh, haven't got rid of his app from the App Store, so they've they've just got rid of his podcasts. Uh, so. Obviously, all of his... It's easy to be brainwashed by audio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's quite a text. genuine reason, though, isn't it? It's because he has very much uh, breached their um, rules for podcasts because they are not allowed to do any hate speech in podcasts, but there's no rules against hate speech within the iOS store, which, we can, totally which we can assume will change very, very quickly, no, and then they'll ban his app. There are already very stringent rules on the App Store, but it's 
clearly the precise wording doesn't yeah. forbid it forbid this but th- there have been all sorts of apps that have got banned from the app store for really tenuous reasons because they're you know political not even hate speech just to have a political opinion essentially um, and they're normally very strict so i don't know why they haven't got rid of the app to be completely honest what um what hate speech has he done though like as in i sort of know a little bit who alex jones is because he's on the fringes of my awareness the, but can you tell us more about him? Who okay, so the, he? he- the headline, doing? the headline thing, the most egregious thing he's done has been to latch onto the Sandy Hook uh, school shooting where twenty children were slain, um, and he essentially thinks it it was a fake. He, one of his long-running conspiracy theories is that the government um, creates fake terrorist attacks in order to then have political leverage to take over. But the in world this case, twenty-six people died. Yeah, like obviously definitely died yeah and uh, it's got to the point where he has sort of in in sort of um radicalizing his listeners those people on social media have then gone after the parents of dead children and driven them like out of their own homes and like away from the children's graves and stuff that's the that's the important difference here because actually um talking about and spreading conspiracy theorists isn't actually hate speech and it's not yeah. illegal no. you, you, it's like protected under your yeah. uh, your amendment rights in america but what is what then strays into hate speech is when you then weaponize yeah. those followers to harass people yeah um yeah. which is exactly what happened with sandy hook but he, he's a as as david alluded to earlier he's a prolific conspiracy theorist he was he sort of burst onto the scene after 9 11 i think because he um very much was always promoting the idea that um the American government and Bush was actually mm. behind um, 9-11. Yeah, so, I, I remember, I can vaguely remember that. In fact, I've even met people that have tried to argue that. He, but he's his... also a big gun rights advocate and he mm. would be seen arguing with Piers Morgan a lot, um, which is a perfect example of two people who should never be in a room together. Yeah. Unless that room is a cell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that, now that would, that would be interesting to see. It'd be quite a good fight, actually. Yeah. Um, but then it's oh, no, like, no, who do you no, really want? You don't want fight. anyone I to win. I think it'd be quite a good fight. No, Alex, Alex Jones would win far too easily. Jones is quite large. Mm. But he, he's, he's a big yeah, but, guy and Piers yeah, Morgan is a coward. Piers has got bad tactics. <laughs> he's, a, he's a physical and moral coward <laughs> and he would he would cower immediately. So, what, what I would want is a prolonged and violent confrontation. <laughs> There's like a but strange off parallel, the... isn't there, between you mentioned David Icke and Alex mm. Jones, and yes. um, yeah, Alex Jones kind of has blown up, um, probably the, not the, the <laughs> right, right <laughs> anyway, post nine eleven. But um, in the John Ronson uh, book called "Them Adventures with Extremists," there's a few chapters on um, David Icke and Alex Jones, and that mm. kind of captures Alex Jones pre nine eleven. The book came out just after, but it was all written beforehand. And it's in like the late 90s or maybe the year 2000. Um, and it's, there's a whole thing with Alex Jones where him and John Ronson try and infiltrate uh, the meeting of the Bilderberg group. And it's a great little um, who are supposedly who run the New World Order and decide on wars and famines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, bollocks, basically. Yeah. And they do actually find a meeting of the Bilderberg group and they go to it and infiltrate it. And it's a great little snapshot of how crackpot Alex Jones is. Like it's obviously... N- it was written then, so even then, he kind of does respect him as kind. Of, well, he is a journalist, basically. He was just but, like a shock jock, wasn't he? But yeah, mm. he, I mean, all his stuff was yeah, exactly yeah. that, like conspiracies. But in, in a pre nine eleven world, I think we kind of forget how it was just laughed off when David Icke was on telly saying that the Queen's a twelve foot lizard, but really, lizard is probably a quite blatant anti-Semitic uh, remark mm. about the, the kind of people who they think conspire to, you know, um, start wars. So. He, he, he was already about... quite dangerous, but then he's kind of been enabled by the the post nine eleven 
zeitgeist. And post-Trump as well. Yeah, yeah. So is he one of the sorts of people that goes on about George Soros and stuff like that? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So he's in that. So there's a weird sort of interplay between him and Trump in a way. Because there's sort of of like increasingly a world where it's like, but what are facts? And, yes, you know, who, what is true? Yeah, and... he's like Trump, the embodiment of the, of the crackpot side of the right, of yeah. the extreme right wing. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, we have digressed a tad. Um, let's get back to why he has been sort of banned from the major platforms. And Apple was getting a lot of credit for this initially because they were the guys that kind of finally kicked him off uh, their podcast platform. And then all the dominoes kind of fell afterwards. So I think mm. Facebook, yeah. have, Facebook haven't said what their process was. Are you was. doing this again? But like, <laughs> you doing so it again. <laughs> but like two hours after Apple kicked him off their podcast, Facebook kicked him off and then on YouTube yeah. as well, right? It wasn't It wasn't actually... So technically Stitcher Radio took off his podcast first on the 3rd of August, um, which might have influenced Apple, I don't know. Um, but Apple got rid of his podcast on the 5th of August and then on the 6th of August, miraculously, Facebook and then YouTube miraculously decided that after all, he did break their rules, which they've been defending him on yeah. um, for months um, and decided that it was time to get rid of him. So yeah, clearly... Surely they had a come to Jesus moment and it was nothing to do with Apple. No, no doubt. Yes. Um, and it, I was sort of interested in the in the pattern here because Apple, uh, well, they, they come in for a fair bit of criticism uh, in, in this podcast and in the world um, but one thing that they're quite good at is not really caring as much as other people do about pissing people off and no. they just they just go ahead and do things and then often that gives cover to the rest of the industry to follow um, headphone jack so uh, yeah so there's head there's the headphone jack which we we all took the piss out of because they said it was courage to get rid of the headphone <laughs> jack but it was actually in many ways a sensible thing to do a bit annoying but as a as a progression in smartphone design, it made sense to get rid of the headphone jack, and then all the other companies were able to do it and not get slagged off, um, which quite know, Henry much. may think is a bad. Mm. Yeah, quite as much. I've heard many takes about Alex Jones, but this is the first time I've heard the headphone jack argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's an example of of what they're like. They're um, I don't know what the what the word. They're a Trojan horse, it's like an they, enabler. They, yeah, they are, and they did the same thing in a much more positive way with the uh, the gun emoji. Mm. In iOS 10, they uh, they decided that they were going to render the same emoji Unicode, which would normally display a gun, as a water pistol. Which uh, at the time I remember on this very podcast, I criticised them because that created confusion. <laughs> I liked, <laughs> well, I liked I the guns. gun emoji. I have to say, it's which not is your the favourite same. gun emoji? Uh, not the water pistol. That's annoying. no. But which companies? They which all company? different. I don't know. I haven't got. I haven't got oh, one sorry, deep into the, the rabbit hole. Why my phone display? I no, assume you have a detailed knowledge well, of the emoji. That's what David was going to say, right? I'm annoyed right? that they got rid of the gun emoji. Because then somebody would send yes. a gun to you, and if you have an iPhone, you would see a water pistol. Exactly. So yeah. they they could send a genuine threat to you <laughs> in emoji form, and you would see it as a water pistol. Or more likely, is that you would a send a playful. Just like, basically, when I'm <laughs> when I'm trying to threaten people, it just doesn't work as well. Or when I'm trying to send the like smiling face with, with a gun to gun to my smiling face. Uh, it's not the same if it's a water pistol. It's not the same as it's it's just, it. It looks ridiculous. No, it is. Um, so what, looks silly, what I thought they should have done is that they should have created a new emoji or, or lobbied for, because it's not actually their business to do it, for a water pistol and then hidden the gun emoji in the drawer so you had to put in the Unicode put manually. Put it in the drawer. Put it in the drawer. Uh, but they didn't do that. They, they did it in a, what I thought was a cheeky way. But now, actually, everybody's followed them. And I think possibly Microsoft... Have they now finally followed? They were the last ones, but everything else—Samsung, Twitter, Google—they yeah. um, all now render uh, guns as water pistols. And it's weird because now you can't really talk about guns in emoji language. No. Yeah. You can't re-render Alex Jones, though. So, no, what no. is banning him 
achieving other than uh, further encouraging his user base to think there's a conspiracy against him because that's that's what the yeah. narrative he's peddling. Okay, now. so I, I love that so argument though because everyone because like. I look back at like Milo and exactly. everyone, yeah, exactly. it's like, oh, like, oh, Where you're just going to fire up his base and they're just mm. going to get more, uh, they're going to feel more like they've been victimized and they're more conspiracy. They'll do that But anyway. if you take away um, someone's platform, yeah. they don't mm. have a platform. So yeah. Milo has disappeared from the public discourse because he no longer has anywhere to spread yeah. his horrible views about things. So, yeah. so taking a stand actually does work. I think that's a really but good point. Alex Jones still has Twitter. He does still have yeah, so, so that's what we need to happen next. It, it's, the problem isn't that Apple and Facebook and YouTube have got rid of InfoWars. It's that Twitter are still um, issuing these mealy-mouthed, confused semi-explanations of what they consider to be. Yeah. Do you want to take us through? Do you want to take us through Jack's absolutely ludicrous uh, explanation of why he will, why he is yet yeah, to so, ban Alex Jones from the platform? So his reasoning is that. Um, is that it's okay for people to say things that are untrue, um, but then it's the role of journalists to refute them, and that that's a healthy conversation to have, which is uh, problematic, partly because, as we said earlier, it wasn't just a lack of truth in InfoWars that was the problem. It was the uh, targeted harassment, which is absolutely explicitly in Twitter's rules, and, yeah. and it, it, they could very easily ban InfoWars and ban Alex Jones within their and own And ban rules. Nazis. Yeah. And ban Nazis because they are the, the current right and I, I always come back to this one but um, Rose McGowan told uh, Ben Affleck to fuck off and got banned. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. If that well, level of abuse... Well if you put Elon Musk in your um, name you'll be banned within 10 seconds. Yeah. So they can police things. I really don't they know. They just refuse to. I don't know if I buy the argument that Jack Dorsey's even acting in good faith anymore. No. Because, because actually he's he knows this is an issue. I mean he phoned in to the Sean Hannity show as well. So he's like, he, he he has put himself in a situation where for whatever reason, he certainly appears to be sympathising a bit too much. He's not with, neutral anymore. He's, yeah, he has picked he, a side. He's actually picked a side. There's and he, amazing, and he, is, he is sympathising with people on the far right. Yeah, like, there, there's that amazing doing. Seth Rogen tweet, which, yeah. I'll, which I'll paraphrase, but he basically said, I've, I've spent a lot of time DMing with Jack, talking mm. about why he lets Nazis sit on the platform, and I've come to... And the, verifies them. And verifies them. And I've come to the conclusion that the guy doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't. He's just like a, a millionaire who just can't be asked yeah. to go into the... Well, the way I see it is like he can't quite be bothered to go into the politics of banning people and the fallout from it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, like you say, it's, it's weird that that then means that he can take a populist stance Yeah, he's fallen, I don't, he's in order fallen, to defend himself. He's fallen yeah. into the trump that Zuckerberg fell into about five years ago where Zuckerberg would always argue that Facebook was an open, neutral platform mm. where everyone can share their views. And Facebook have learnt the lesson the hard way that that isn't the case and yeah. they have it's, to it's, step it's, up it's, their police. It's slightly, slightly different though, isn't it? Because Zuckerberg still, even though he's kind of changing, he still bangs on about how Facebook is a platform for good and all the things yeah. that c- can connect people and do these great things. So, That's their you new know, PR push, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, mm. but like, Twitter's not quite like that, is it? He's not saying this no. is like a platform for great. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to let, <laughs> no, let people mouth off and say what they want because, you know, free speech and that. Yeah, yeah he's so weird Twitter, to say that he, journalists are the ones who have to like yeah. mop it all up. He still sees yeah. Twitter as what it originally was, which is basically a digital towns like town square where everyone can have an opinion and <laughs> then it comes down village to, idiot. Yeah, it comes to, yeah, <laughs> and it comes down to the community to shout down the idiots or to argue with yeah. them. Um, but that that yeah, I, I, doesn't I agree work. with doesn't you. Work. I agree with you. Yeah. But that doesn't it's not work a good place to be. <laughs> even in a town square, like people don't really have a voice, do they? Because no. there's a hierarchy. But on Twitter, anyone can take down anyone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there are hierarchies <laughs> on Twitter, but they form in yeah. in counterproductive ways. Yes. And yeah. yeah. Whoever has the loudest voice or who is the most extreme will then be amplified. I just don't get it though, because I don't even think that it's that it can't be asked because they they do moderate. They do moderate Twitter. Yeah. Um, and they do take things down. So they are actually choosing. They're actively choosing to allow him to still be on there. Yeah. So 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 it's not. I don't know if we can even give them that much of a free pass. The only devil's advocate argument I will make is that Jones very, um, very, in a very targeted way, tries to moderate himself on Twitter because he mm. realises it's such an important platform for him that he doesn't, he, di- he dials down yeah. his crackpottery on Twitter so that he won't get banned. Yeah. But then um, it links out to all his other nutjob exactly. stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. He, he's, he, he's aware that that platform, like in the way that Milo was, yeah. very aware that that's an important platform for him yeah um so he he's doing everything he can to not get kicked off which is where it comes down to leadership to be like that is not in good yeah. faith and yeah. let's kick you off but jack is not the person to do that i know i've banged on about this for years but they should have kicked off trump um ages ago yeah. when he actually violated their own rules and also isn't threatening nuclear annihilation on an entire nation yeah. somehow trump threatening, is trump threatening in, in the most cynical yeah. way trump is too important to yeah, he Twitter is now, because yes. of because of the reach and the importance of it jones is not he's got less than a million followers like they they're, they're fewer <laughs> they're just a bunch of idiots and yeah. like there's no need for him to like maintain that community it's not important to their top mm. line but it's but what it alex now. jones represents to the trump people yeah yeah um, that's the problem it, it's 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 a martyr and I, I mean, I don't care if he becomes a martyr because you've got the, the Milo <laughs> scenario. You're hoping he dies. <laughs> I don't think you have, a to, digital do you, do you have to die to be a martyr. I think so, technically. You do have to die. Does have derivation from As the Latin just to die? Less, Mort. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think be glad losing to your die. iTunes listing makes you a martyr. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not quite, not quite the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, now that he only has Twitter left, now that Facebook and the podcast and Google, uh, what's the other one I haven't said, Facebook YouTube. and YouTube... He really is going to have to cling onto Twitter with all his fingernails, yeah. and maybe, maybe that would be good for the way he conducts himself. I, I'm really, really struggling to think of it's a, just of good a positive. To, in my yeah. opinion, it's just good to push these people into their own little dark corners of the internet. Like Bill O'Reilly has his sad little website, yeah. and then <laughs> like, and then yeah, Infowars. You know, you're never going to convince those people that that believe in him to not like listen and read but just push them into their little dark corner of, inf- of infowars.com and just keep them off the mainstream platforms and yeah. it emboldens them if they if they see that their heroes are able to do it in public on a large platform then they will then they will they will go out and harass people they will exactly. feel like yeah. it's acceptable to I do think that. people get really hit up about this about kind of the whole concept of what people like to call no platforming and free speech but just the problem is that just because you're able to express a view doesn't mean that someone has to host it no. So it's like you're you, you're perfectly entitled to go and set up your own blog and you can write about whatever you want. That doesn't mean that you have a, an unlimited right to be hosted by any major tech platform. Yeah, yeah. he ha- so, he owns he owns multiple websites, yeah. but he doesn't let. So they're not stopping him from doing that. He so. doesn't let Polly Toynbee go and write on that website. Exactly. So, so, so the idea that you therefore have to host someone—it's just this ludicrous <laughs> argument that like Twitter seems Twitter seems to consider itself like a public like service where actually yeah. like yeah. they can make these decisions. Yes. They can do whatever the yeah. hell they want twitter yeah. doesn't have to exist yeah yeah i wish i just wish that that would kind of get through to get through to them but i have to say i have pretty much completely run out of any faith that yeah lost, will, completely will lost faith me too. 
Yeah. yeah. That's right, a depressing well, way of ending. <laughs> yeah. We will wrap up this segment with, uh, I'm going to go around the room. This is only going to go one way uh, from a left-leaning uh, tech podcast. But Info Wars or Info Bores? Uh, <laughs> Info Bores, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, what he said. Doesn't even seem enough, does it? No. Info yeah. twice. Info <laughs> 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 Yeah, take it. The lyrics didn't think that was a swear word. Fine. Info balls. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about phones. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Henry? Hello. You're the phone man. I know, sorry. You know a lot about phones. I do. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the latest in phone world? Well, uh, give you a quick update, the, the phone headlines, because it's getting to the business we end of the year. We should do a regular segment. Henry's phone headlines. <laughs> we can come up with a zippier title than we that. We can. Like Monkey News on um, Ricky Gervais' podcast. Or, or <laughs> uh, Alan's funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> Phones are important. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so fun. today, as we record on Thursday, uh, we're fully expecting... Uh, the Galaxy Note 9 to launch, which is, a, which is a weird and interesting phone because it's Samsung's last big launch of the year every year, and it gets a lot of uh, press and views, um, including from us, but it's kind of not that important to the company. Samsung's gone through like two years of the same design with its really popular uh, Galaxy S phones, and the Note will always just take the number of that phone, so this will probably be the Note 9. Um, and it adds a bigger screen and stylus. So it's one of the only mainstream phones that has a stylus, and you can do things like annotate, sign PDFs, all the things that businessmen supposedly do. <laughs> so is the S the one that gets advertised as unbox your phone? Yeah, you so, yeah. TV yes, time? exactly. Okay. With the, with the, uh, ex- That's their flagship. The flagship thing. And then, yeah, the, the Note phone is slightly boxier, adds a couple of new features um, over the S uh, line. So it's the for the, the lunatics year. that like massive phones. Yeah, massive phone. It's got a stylus in it. Um, and like uh, that's a that's about what you're going to get this year. The Note 8 is already a pretty powerful phone. It's got dual cameras. It's got the. I, I mean, I'm struggling. And it's, is that why the they <laughs> is that why they announce it at what is a pretty weird time of year to announce? And it is a weird time. So they get it in uh, before the iPhone. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of sets them up to sort of hint at what they're going to put in the next line of phones because the S10, which will come out probably February, is going to have to be a bit of a redesign for them, uh, which. Interestingly, I would argue, uh, 
is the opposite for Apple this year. Um, David knows about this too. Um, we're expecting, well, then again, we always expect three new iPhones and we normally only ever get two. Do we? Yeah. Did we expect the rumours last we got time three were three, last year. Well, I suppose, if you get big one, small one. We did, one. we totally got three last year. Big one, small eight, one. Eight plus an X. Yeah, no, but eight and eight plus kind of counts as one, doesn't it? Anyway. Oh, you're a hard man to please, Henry Burrell. <laughs> but this year, um, you might remember a few headlines, um, a few um, sensationalist headlines saying Apple's cancelling the iPhone X, um, which was very misleading, but it is actually kind of true because we're expecting uh, an upgrade to the popular iPhone X, which by all accounts from Apple's earnings, which you discussed last week, yeah. people buy £1,000 phones, <laughs> yeah. um, which is probably what the Note 9 is probably going to cost a grand as well at its highest end. Um, but they probably will. What Apple normally does is sell the older models um, that were out. So it still sells the iPhone 8, 7, and even the 6S still. Mm-hmm. But what we're probably expecting, I think, David, right, is this time... Apple's going to replace the iPhone X with a new version that will be so similar that they actually won't sell the original iPhone X anymore. They'll just kind of replace it. They'll replace it with this new one. Well, we don't know what it will be called. I I think they'll still call it the iPhone X. iPhone X. And then we're also expecting a X Plus. Is that not going to be a hard marketing sell? Calling it the same thing. They've been trying to do this. They've been positioning themselves for this for years and years. And iPhone X is is like the logical end of the road for the numbering system because well firstly it wasn't 10 it came from you had 8 and then 10 and it's in Roman numeral so it doesn't look like a number and I myself just said it iPhone X I think they're about to get rid of that personally and what's the next one iPhone X I'm going to go up to 11 no no, it's not the spinal tap phone (laughs) I think what they're just going to call it the iPhone I think they'll just call it iPhone and then iPhone plus yeah and then they can just run with that design well they could keep it with X because remember they did that with Mac OS yeah. X, it became like a brand rather than a number. But it was yeah, always Mac OS X. Originally yeah, meant 10, it's true, but it's true. became... So, yeah, we're thinking that maybe. But then also, those phones are going to be hyper expensive uh, with the plus-size one, which I always, I, I kind of think is a bit odd doing a plus-size iPhone 10 because the great thing about the 10 was it was handheld size, one-handed, uh, yeah. but with a huge screen. Yeah. And then the, the 8 Plus was a bit of a, bit of a bigger phone mm-hmm. to actually hold. But now we're going to get an even bigger one, probably. And then the smaller iPhone, which I have no idea what they're going to call that... <laughs> I, um, well, please not iPhone mini uh, or something in between but it'll be cheaper because it'll have an LCD rather than the expensive OLED and it'll have the notch design but just probably with one camera on the back kind of looking a bit like an iPhone 8 um, so are you excited by that guys? Yeah I, I mean I'm Wait. in the market for a new phone so You've I'm, been in the market for a new phone for a long time My phone time. just won't die it's yeah. like limping to the finish line but like until it dies Such a, such a first world problem yeah, yeah, no, I know, a, totally, totally. Yeah. But I'm such a terrible down. person. <laughs> I want, what phone I want have you got? The world is decaying. I've got an iPhone 8 Plus. Okay, yeah, so your phone I, yeah, is more I, expensive I, than mine. I would also like a new phone, uh, but I don't really know what kind. Probably a OnePlus 6. Ooh, good phone, great yeah, phone. Great probably, value, lads. Probably go for that. I love the way that eyes, uh, Henry's Ooh. eyes popped open. There. In like, appreciation. Let's talk about the OnePlus. I get very excited about phones. Because he's very yeah. unused to anyone on the podcast not buying an iPhone. I know, yeah. So I don't know. So we've got those iPhones uh, coming around the corner, yeah. probably um, beginning of September and then beginning of October, as is uh, the pattern of the last two years, that we'll have a new Google Pixel phone as well, which has suffered really da- well, damaging leaks. Uh, we've basically seen the, fi- the finished um, hardware of the Pixel 3 XL le- it leak yesterday. It looks like the 2 XL, which I actually have here. Mm. Looks like that. Oh yeah, it's nice. Um, find that. Yeah, it is nice. And but then I thought you the, said there was a problem with the screen. Yeah, it is got it's got a bit of a blue tint to it. But they they pushed out a software update which saturates the colours more, which makes it 
pleasant to our uh, colour-hungry eyes. Um, <laughs> you talk like a review. It it's amazing. Let's take a look under the bonnet. <laughs> Let's open her up and see what's inside. Um, That's too much. But it's got like a it's got a big notch on the screen. Basically, it's I wrote blazing screen. fast performance in a piece the other day, and that, that's a Henry Burrow. What, what really was that in reference to? A Mac, the MacBook Pro. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about slightly was actually more of the software features that. We're going to have an iterative iPhone in terms of design and then um, a Google Pixel line, which is probably going to look very similar because there's not much more you can do with, with hardware now. Mm. So it's kind of cool, in, I think, that it's not change for change's sake because it's not they're not companies forcing you to go out and buy a new phone again, as evidenced by the fact you've got a, a three-year-old phone. So yeah. they clearly do work. And But now companies, Apple and Google in particular, are, are looking way more about actually how to make you use your phone less which I found a really interesting concept. Uh, and I've got it downloaded on the Pixel here so I can show you and um, orate. Um, it's called Digital Wellbeing. And it's yes. a bit like um, on the iOS 12 uh, beta, which David I have, has. Yeah. I have it on here. So he can show you. Uh, Apple calls it screen time. And it's like a report about how much you use your phone and generally terrifying statistics. So Charlotte can see here. Mm. I've only been, other. I've been on my phone for 34 <laughs> minutes today. Yeah. But in that time, I've received 105 notifications Good and God. unlocked my phone 37 times already today. Wow. wow. That is actually quite a lot. It sounds like a lot, but I bet you guys have done the same. Yeah, and probably. yesterday, I, I downloaded this about the same time yesterday when it became available because um, it's still in beta. And I unlocked my phone 55 times and I was just appalled. And yeah. um, there's a couple of other things you can do as well. So it's like a dashboard. It shows me, like, I click here. I've been on WhatsApp for two hours and 46 minutes this yeah. week. Uh, I've been on, I yeah. Are you changing can, your behavior in response to this? Well, this is the thing that I wanted to talk about because you can also, there's a thing called dashboard, which yeah. has screen time. And then, so say I'm on uh, Instagram way too much, yeah, um, which many of us are, you can set a limit, which I have mm. to 30 minutes for the day. Okay. And if you get to 30 minutes, the app on the home screen grays out oh. and you can't go on it anymore. I mean, so obviously, well, you could the psychology the then, right? So, so I, I had Twitter set to 15. Is that I had Twitter set to 15 minutes yesterday, and as soon as I hit 15 minutes, I was like, oh, quite want to go on Twitter again. Yeah. So you just press, well, you like, just change it. and bypass yeah. it, yeah. So really... No, but, but it's, it's good to put... But it's good to have um, a reminder. It's good to have slight it's a bit, barriers. Bit of friction. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. And then also... The, the, the days of frictionless design are over. <laughs> no, they love, they love friction now, <laughs> yeah. the designers. Can you stop saying friction? So so make, we're into <laughs> friction on the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Bloody hell. So it makes you more aware of what you're doing. You can set app timers. And then also the the final thing you can do, which is called wind down, and you can set times for that. And that completely grayscales your phone which is why I mentioned the color saturation on phones, because when Google first released this phone, they did quite a natural color palette, and everyone thought the screen was broken, and that's why I got a little jip. Mm. But actually, it's just because companies purposefully make our phones really saturated colors and vibrant, because it just feeds all the dopamine in your brain. Yeah, do you know what? So much of it is just brain chemistry, isn't it? Like, no, I find myself doing that, on like, going on my phone, like, sort of pouring at it, like no, a rat seriously, in like, an experiment. Like, I always... Show me more things, <laughs> more notifications. I notice it when you're, like, when you're between stations on the tube, right? Because people can't have signal down there. Yeah. And I just see, look, see people that look at their phone, yeah. they unlock it, they swipe to the first screen, swipe to the second screen, swipe back again. Remember, they can't open any apps, they just lock their phone again. I see, I see that so yeah. many times. We all, we and it's all just because it. they're like, oh, colours. And then, but so the idea here is that, because why else would you unlock your yeah. phone? It's, it's Go madness. like, oh, this way. I think it's swipe. muscle memory as well as colours. Yeah, Maybe. I, yeah, yeah. I have one thing I can do on my phone when I haven't got a signal. That's Ooh. play a game called, shut up. It's uh, <laughs> strategy is an is offline yeah. Game which I like very much, but every, I I literally go through. Oh no, we're right. Better be strategy then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've, what, I've but it, I think it's mostly instinct and muscle memory. I've actually gone way back to just like getting out and reading bits of paper. 
just like reading magazines or books. Yeah. Why do I mean, you say bits of paper? Bits of yeah, paper. it sounds like you've got like scraps of paper just <laughs> in mean, your pockets. All that. Absolute <laughs> mad woman. Yeah, oh. yeah. Where's the thing I wrote on? <laughs> no, that is actually get milk. Exactly. Yeah, that is that is what the a great sort of note. thing. No, those notes are all in my Google Calendar now. That's unfortunately, true. I will get a notification. Like, oh. But the thing yeah. is, I put this on yesterday, and I got out my phone. I forgot I had it on. It, was, it must have been ten thirty because that's when I've set it to start. Yeah. I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, it's, it's all grey. I was like, oh mm. no, I turned it off again because you don't want to watch YouTube in grayscale. But the idea is that it's just prompting you more to be like, come on, yeah. stop using your phone. And the dashboard is, is the simplest thing, but it just guilts you. At the end of the day, like, I'll have a look at how many times I've done it. Yeah. Um, the unlocking thing is is the thing because you can, yeah, get, you can go for like a hundred unlocks. On David, you've got like pickups. Sure. Yep. Pickups, notifications, the categories of things that you tend to use. Yeah. I tried to put on a lock on Twitter and I couldn't work out how to do it specifically just to Twitter. I <laughs> think you have to do it on a category. Are you going to uh, put a lock on Crick Info because you're on that a lot? That's the difference. So. <laughs> the test does start today. So that's the thing. That's that. So don't give me a bad time. Because that's the thing that Apple hasn't hasn't done the google one is way more granular on google um and it's also the way that the app is coded but i'll get nerdy for you for a minute um if you go into the app so if i go into actually whatsapp is a bad example if i find twitter here um and tap on notifications all those different types of notifications that can be pushed to you from twitter so we've got direct messages emergency alerts related to you and your tweets news followers and contacts but mm. the user doesn't really think of all those things so you could just turn it off so you only ever get a notification when you, you've been direct messaged. Yeah. And then you don't have all those annoying things pop up on your phone all the time that kind of distract you. I've, I've switched off almost all notifications apart from people phoning me or WhatsApp. Yep. Basically, everything else is just switched off. So it's like, if I want to see whether I've got something, I'll actively you actually have to have choose a to look at it. I'd love to turn <coughs> off phoning me notifications. Yeah, that's, that's the good. worst. Because it's so many. <laughs> it could yeah. happen in the office. Yeah. yeah. That's the notification. No, I hate the then Apple, interestingly, hasn't done that, and it categorizes it by type of app, which I found annoying because I was using it, and I wanted to turn off social media alerts, mm, but yeah. it, it counts WhatsApp as social media. Yeah. So what you, you turn off what you can do is you can tweak notifications from the notification itself you don't have to go into settings which is which is a new thing for ios which has been on android for years Mm, yeah (laughs) so if you were going to buy a phone today or in the near future what would you go for um it's a tough one wow wow it'll it's so many factors charlotte (laughs) i know i realized started on this is this is you know what if i if i didn't have the privilege of being able to use quite a few phones and uh, i would probably buy an iphone 10 Right, okay. Uh, it's got the best security, it's got the best apps, the camera's going to be great and it'll last you like three or four years. Brilliant. But, if, but if I was to buy an, an Android phone, I'd probably buy the OnePlus 6 because it's you could buy you could buy two for the same price as an iPhone 10. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. If you cool. want two phones. Uh, going to go around the room. Phones or read a bloody book? Favorite <laughs> <laughs> price. I don't know. I, can I not do both? No, do you can't read, do both. I do read books. You can read a you bloody book on your phone. You have to buy into this false dichotomy now. Yeah. I read, uh, I've read two novels on my phone ever. Um, it's really hard. It is. Cool. I'm yeah. not answering the question, am I? Uh, phones. I love phones. Yeah. Yeah, read a bloody book. Yeah. Phones. Yeah, of course. I read you books are too. You're on phone, phone, man. phone nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> phone melts. Going to take a quick break and then we're going to go back to the year 2000. Charlotte G. Yep. It's the year 2000. Yeah. 
It's actually the year 1999. It is. Um, Prince's favourite year. A weird dome has appeared in the opening credits of EastEnders. It has. So (laughs) What is it? So basically, uh, this is not particularly related to any up-to-date news, but there is a very good thread on Twitter.com, the uh, website we were The right-wing website. Singing the praises of earlier. That sounds like an excellent Um, place to go for. I know, you should go there now. Real news. uh, there's, There's a man, and it's at Max Krieger VG. Don't ask me why. Uh, I don't really know who this person is, but they did an incredibly long series of tweets about the Millennium Dome and specifically about the Millennium Experience, which is what it was when it first opened. It was a year-long exhibition. So it's, it, it was quite an interesting thread. It was a bit of a sort of blast from the past. I don't know if any of you guys went around the I Millennium did Experience. visit. I, th- I was... 11 years old yes. yeah, I, was, so, I would have been 9 I don't remember it that yes. well I, st- I still I still yeah. have uh, the badge that I got in the oh. Millennium Dome which says been there dome that oh. I remember which going inside why I love puns <laughs> I remember going inside the human being yes there was, and the yes. heart screams yeah. I remember shitting myself yes. and yes. I remember seeing the um, crown jewels there as well yeah. Really? All I remember, <laughs> oi, oi. I only remember the screaming part, and yeah. I remember playing Colin McRae Rally. Okay. There was, I, there was a big diamond. Oh, I remember presenting well. the news as well. Yeah. yeah. You could present. It, the news. it was a completely bewildering was array of totally unrelated things, sponsored by a vast array of random corporate sponsors. Um, its initial budget was four hundred million. By the time it finished, it had doubled in that time. It was overseen by Peter Mandelson. In fact, I believe that the Millennium Dome is part of the reason why he had to resign at one point. Oh. But he, he came back like he always like he always did. Yeah. He um, bounced back. He did bounce back. Uh, but yeah, I guess it just an interesting little trip down memory lane around that particular time of New Labour when there was this weird combination of kind of futuristic excitement about... Well, the future, which is generally what futuristic excitement <laughs> tends, fault, to, can't fault your tends logic. to focus on. <laughs> And a, and a weird kind of combination of uh, like the sort of labour third way where you try and sort of combine public and private sectors in a slightly unpleasant and mildly corrupt sort of manner. It was just such a um, weird so, like yeah. modern version of like the World's Fair, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. That, it's, yeah, it's actually very reminiscent of that. How much did it, it cost to get in? To get in? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I think it was quite a lot. It, at the time, it was the most ambitious artificial space that had ever been publicly funded, apparently. Certainly in terms of spending. What so I loved about the Dome bonkers. that we don't remember now is that they had no plans for it no. a year after. No. So, like, we now take for granted that it's, like, a very popular um, venue for sporting events and, and yeah. concerts and stuff. But, like, when it was built, they had no idea what they were going to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So, Henry... How much was it to get into the Millennium Experience? Twenty pounds for yeah. adults. That and at the time that, that would was have been more than six hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been lost money. Um, actually, there was no per, um, permanent tenant in the now the O2 Arena until two thousand seven. Mm. So it actually just sat there as a completely pointless white elephant. White and, elephant, and then it indeed. became the O2 Arena. Yes, it did. Yeah. So six years. So six years. It just there was nothing there, and there, there there have been some interesting things there more recently. That was a good Tutankhamun exhibition. I went to there. a Star Wars exhibition. There you go. Of course you did. There you go. Full, I think full I think of other children. I think the O2 is is a is a good part of London. Like it's a good it's a useful venue for a lot of it. it I, is, think, I think it's it made is. people forget how much of a I think 
disaster the Millennium Dome was at the time. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, was, it yeah. was hugely panned. Yeah. As you said, there yeah. was absolutely no legacy planning. Yeah. And the, the budget ballooned. It was, a, it was a joke around the yeah. world. And it wasn't profitable. They didn't get no. enough visitors. It was no, over it was budget. Empty. Not enough people. And compared to the the eye what was it called was it called the millennium eye at the, the time London. oh i think it's millennium, the millennium eye. they like to just put the word Maybe. millennium in front of everything but at that those point. two things got compared those are the two big monuments yeah. to the end of the century and and the the eye everybody loved the eye it was a hugely popular attraction right away the british airways eye. yeah yeah it's the coca-cola yeah. right now I, I, is the, it yeah. yeah that's why it's red not blue yeah. Oh, I hate the eye. It's interesting, though. I think there are probably some lessons I for... hate the eye. <laughs> oh, the eye. Yeah, Look at me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, that, that ruined everything. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. I just, Charlotte I won... was always going to appreciate that. Oh, how no, how old were you at the time, Charlotte? Uh, I was... I think I was ten. Yeah. I, I shouldn't. I mean, I'm bringing this up again because I asked you yeah. all on Slack. We're all about you want to go on about how bloody old you are. Yeah, I'd have been nine. Yeah, it doesn't seem right, really. How do you remember it? I was twenty, and I don't remember it. Well, I remember. I, the, I remember being terrified of the screaming heart. Yeah, I literally yeah. remember like Did tiny you, I bits. I remember that actually. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what you. So you were there when you were twenty. I wasn't there even. I mean, no, I'm, no. I'm, I remember. Well, then that's why you I remember, remember the turn, if I was twenty, <laughs> remember the I turn of the century is like a is like a dim and distant memory. Yeah, no, it's no, not it's the a sort dim of thing you would memory. go to if you were twenty, is it? It's the sort no. of thing you would go to if you were a kid or a parent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it does seem that our our generation, not including you, David. Sorry, um, everyone I seem to know went to it. Yeah, so, so I think it was a so big, maybe... it was a school trip staple, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Train to London on a Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting, but yeah, I think probably my generation we were all huffing. Coke packets. <laughs> Coke packets. <laughs> <laughs> David. Going to drugs vending machine. In abandoned warehouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huffing Coke packets. That makes perfect sense. Um, Was that plausible drug talk? She, yeah. No, that wasn't yeah. at all. You're, you're basically a character doing, in human traffic. You're doing traffic. it wrong, David. <laughs> you're Danny Dyer. I know. I've always wanted to be Danny Dyer. That's yeah. you. But yeah, what can we learn from this Millennium Dome? Well, Millennium experience? monuments all have to be uh, circular. Yes, they do. They uh, do. Don't build it miles away from everything because Greenwich yeah. is a bit of a pig to get to. It is. We learned some really boring lessons about how you should legacy plan when you build massive things in London. Yes, that's true. But that's also, true. even if you don't, you have to give it a decade to see what it's going to become because mm. they didn't plan the legacy and yet it worked out. This yeah. what became something of pride. This is what yeah. they're doing with a lot of the Olympic Park, though, aren't they? They're not yeah. rushing. Like, a lot of these venues are still in use and they're not rushing to do something with the copper box or anything because they'll... The, uh, they'll the OnePlus out. 6 launch was in the copper box. Yeah. It was far too big. Yeah, yeah. But um, if they, it's using the here east bit that had a Samsung launch at it last year. Yeah, there's a big yeah. uh, startup hub. Yeah, co-working space. Yeah, isn't there? Runways. Yeah. What, would it, what, what could we call yeah. it? Silicon. It's called Olympics. Runway. Silicon <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> Silicon Olympics. Silicon Park. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably. Yeah, it probably will. It probably already has been called that at some point. So was yeah. the was the idea for the Millennium Experience to like inspire the next generation? I think so. And did it achieve that goal? I mean, I to be honest with you, because it, it was very interesting for me to look at this because I just had vague childhood memories of going around something and thinking it was bonkers and really yeah. amazing. So I actually, I loved it when I went around it. I thought it was good. Great. So great badges as well. Great badges. So so it's interesting how, it, it, yeah, it was quite interesting to 
revisit it as an adult and then look at it and realise, oh, actually, if I, if it had been at the time, I probably would have criticised it massively. Yeah, but kids are like any old bollocks. I mean, they really are easy to entertain, aren't they? Just look yeah. at a shiny thing. Oh, that's yeah, they amazing. haven't indulged their first Coke packet yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't become cynical so after their first put Coke them, packet. Put them in a huge yeah. dome with some, like, yeah, tweenies and a screaming heart. And yeah. they're, they're, they're golden for the they're day. They're away, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think the tweenies were till much later. Or Teletubbies, I don't know. Whatever they were. Possibly the Teletubbies. Were the Teletubbies there? I don't remember anything about the day. Right. I remember being terrified. Yeah, not a lot. You need to look, you need to go and look at the look at the images on uh, Max Krieger VG's tweet thread. Thanks, Max. Um, it's very it's well worth the time. It will take you about half an hour, but honestly, yeah. it is actually worth. Looking I love through. a good thread. It's a it's a great thread. Yeah, yeah. Unless Jack wrote it. Yeah. No, yeah. Not so much. Right, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, so, Millennium Experience, or it's just a big tent, mate. <laughs> uh, def- <laughs> definitely Millennium Experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to go look at that thread now. Millennium yeah. Experience. Uh, sure, yeah, same thing. I, I didn't go. I he feel like know. I can't really... Oh, you didn't, you didn't go? I thought that was a joke. No, he didn't go. Oh, right. really didn't. He really was. It's just a big tent then, isn't it, mate? Well, then, but I don't know because I haven't been there. <laughs> it doesn't seem stop, fair. Stop failing to go along with the fun time. <laughs> Sorry, yes, it's always just a big tent, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Right, that's it for us this week. Um, remember to subscribe, like, tell your friends, and we will How see you... How close are we to the 100th episode, Scott? Don't know, uh, is this 98? Is it we 98? I think so. Wow. We have the, the Millennium We're Pod. We're near the Millennium Pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, 100's really not. It's not really, no, it's more <laughs> centenary. Than we'll make it, can't it'll be like Apple. There, <laughs> we'll, we'll skip from 99 to 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks very much. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.